Hi, I'm Dr. Cranston Ramirez-Knight. And hi, I'm Jabez Patterson, host of The Library Scoop, the official podcast of the Niles Main District Library. Welcome to the podcast, Dr. Ramirez-Knight. How are you? I'm fine today. I'm, I'm well. Good. We're glad to have you here. Uh, for our audience who are listening to this, who doesn't know your work, could you give us like a small detailed description of like what you do? I'm a historian. I teach at Loyola University. I'm also a photojournalist and photographer. Fantastic. And I know you have a display exhibit on the third floor, uh, and we'll talk about that in the episode momentarily. But let's learn about yourself a little bit. You love history and you love photography. So I wanted to know where does this love or interest of history and photography came from? As long as I can remember, I've been very interested in history. I was lucky to have some really good high school historians. And in fact, one of my best teachers who actually was in literature, but he taught literature from a historical perspective. So Mm -hmm. we might discuss, say, um, Russian literature, but he would give you an entire background on its content, the issues which were going on both politically and economically, and then we would have to read some of the history, and then he'd get into the literature, then he would get into the music, meaning uh, the symphonies or perhaps um, some orias, and it just made it come alive. And so I got really interested in it. The photography, I probably picked up a camera when I was about 10 years old. I grew up in the Henry Horner Housing Projects, and we had uh, at the Henry Horner Boys Club uh, a photography club. And I, I went there and got very interested in doing a dark room, we were doing film. And so eventually the two merged, began to merge at some point. It sounds like an interest and hobby turned into one. If one really wants to understand history, photography is definitely the way to go. Because once you see the images, uh, there's always a story behind an image. Uh, I can remember uh, the first one um, that I thought really struck me was 1936 when a photo of a Spanish soldier who was killed in Spain. And you see his body going backwards with him holding the rifle. Mm-hmm. And it always stayed with me in terms of how powerful an image is in terms of telling a historical narrative about a particular conflict or other photos of an uh, individual a young man who was standing in front of a, uh, tanks at Tiananmen Square and just how powerful that image was. Of course, there's a backstory and, and that sort of thing. But what stayed me with me is that, that particular image. Absolutely. And I wanted to um, continue that thought because we uh, realized that pictures are worth a thousand words. Yeah. And then we also, when we look at images, we unlayer parts of history. But I wanted to know from your angle, like how are you able to merge your art and the history into your work? Everything I look at whenever I'm out shooting is a historical narrative. I, I spend a lot of times as a field photographer outdoors, um, meaning I'm in the field. And what I'm looking for is, is, is the correlations and relationship of the flora and fauna, if not how the curvature of a river. And so I'm looking at how all this came about. I'm looking at it from a botanical perspective, but also a historical perspective in the fact that it's part of a continuum of environment whereby it's had maybe a thousand year history where people have come, they've gone, 
Um, perhaps First Nation people lived there. What were their lives like? What happened when the individuals who would define themselves as settlers came into the area? How that area changed as a result of industrialization? How it changes in terms of cityscapes as it's taken over by various municipalities? So I'm looking at those perspectives, and then I'm looking at my own perspective now, having looked at all those changes. What am I bringing to uh, this particular image once I take it? And for me, it's solace. I'm looking at how they interplay with one another and how they're, they are now being projected as I'm looking through my camera lens. I agree. It's, it's more like an effortless feeling where you are going out and taking pictures. It's like it's a living document and it's able, we're able to revisit it at any time, but also like taking that moment to deeply understand what's going on in that, in that moment. Yeah. Um, you do a lot of uh, outreach with libraries around the Chicago land area. Uh, how do you incorporate your work with libraries and build relationships to libraries in general? I like public art. I mean, I've got work in private galleries, but I also <laughs> like public art. And uh, most most individuals, will, unless they're curators, will never go to a private gallery. One, they're not on a list. So that's just that. But uh, I think it's very important to have public art whereby the, um, the public can come by and partake the narrative of art, become part of art. And the only way you can do that for me is to make it public. And the best way to make it public is libraries. Lots mm -hmm. of people come to libraries, whether it's children, adults, young adults, older adults, individuals like libraries. And for me, that's one of the best public venues to show my work. Absolutely. Not only as an attraction, but also just being able to display it freely without any restrictions. I absolutely agree with you. Yeah, it's, 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 it's the public narrative that I really like. Um, very seldom, you know, one can go to the Art Institute, but it costs you about $50 to get in. And like stays on, okay, but that's 50 bucks. <laughs> but, mm -hmm. but the public library is free. You know, it's a place where you can come. And not only can not only read books, but you can read newspapers, you read children's book books, but you can also see the work of artists. And I, I like being a public artist. Well, let's talk about your exhibit that you have here at the Niles Main District Library, Finding Solace During a uh, Time of Crises. How did your exhibit find your way here at the Niles Main District Library? I've had an exhibit there before. So I knew uh, that, you know, the uh, institution were, had been receptive to my work before. And as the pandemic had gotten worse and, and, and I, I had done quite a bit of shooting, I wanted to have another gallery showing. So I got in contact with Victoria Lewis who, and um, she said, you know, send me some work, which I did. And um, she sent it to the powers that be and they liked and said, sure, we'd love to have your work to display what, I see is soulless during a time of crisis of which there were multiple crises. Not only was the war still going on at the time uh, in both Afghanistan and Iraq, but um, we had this terrible pandemic, which was ongoing. Mm -hmm. And with so much chaos in the sense of people, you know, those unfortunately who lost their lives, other individuals were at, uh, uh, in hospitals and, and uh, online schooling, people were just lost um, and I felt that as an artist that it was my duty 
to show that despite the chaos, what is consistent, what is consistent, meaning everything is in a state of flux. Mm -hmm. And the question for me was, where is their solitude? Where is that, where is their consistency at? And nature is consistent. We can expect there to be a day and a night. There's going to be a spring and a fall. Mm -hmm. um, regardless, there's going to be rain. Our question is global warming, but we can expect the fact that there's going to be seasons. And so that for me is a consistency that I can always be sure it's going to take place. And that's what I want to show in my work, that there's still consistency, despite the fact that among human beings, there may be this sense of dismay, um, anxiety, and uncertainty. But in nature, there's a pretty much a guaranteed certainty. Absolutely. And that was well said. And I agree with you on there. I think the main goal was to capture something in your surroundings and unlayering that moment to get a true meaning of what's going on. And uh, for this case, it's adjust your surroundings during, an undif uh, during a difficult time uh, during the last 20, 21 months. Um, as a person who may listen to this and doesn't want to think about the pandemic or doesn't want to think about the harmness this past year to two, two years, what, as a viewer, what will be your message behind the current exhibit? That there's hope. Nature provides us with a sense of hope. When I'm out in the field, I've gone out when it's been actually 10 to 20 below zero to do some, some shots uh, in black and white after, after a snowfall. You hear absolutely no noise. It's completely silent. It is that solitude that not only helps in, not only helps in terms of my own mental health and spirituality, that there's just this, I'm, I'm, I am literally a, a person with all of this tremendous beauty around me. And it shows to me the depth and the beauty of the earth that I inhabit. I'm just a speck. When I look at all the, all the I'm, I'm walking miles upon miles through you know, fairly deep snow uh, as I'm shooting. And it's just absolutely beautiful. The snow overlaying themselves on the branches. The snow is, is, is frozen. And the water, you can see ice floating on top of the water as it's going down and uh, curving around uh, the bend. And I'm thinking how beautiful it is. And for this moment, for that, for that moment, or that, that, that time in which I'm out there, there's no thought of politics. There's no thought of the pandemic. There's no thought of anything else except myself and how I fit in with the environment. Mm -hmm. And it's just the sheer beauty of watching nature's, nature paint this beautiful hue in front of me. Absolutely. And with that, it gives me hope. So yes, there is a pandemic, but as they say, this too shall pass. Absolutely. I just have a few more questions before sure. we wrap up. Um, for those who aren't able to visit the exhibit, um, just give us like a brief description of like, where did you take these pictures? The vast majority of photos were taken literally in my neighborhood. Uh, what I wanted to display in this exhibit is that beauty exists everywhere. 
It's not someplace that's a thousand miles away. It's in front of your home. So I would walk my block. I would, uh, there's lots of flowers and these aren't planted by, these are not planted by individuals who live in my community. They're simply been there. They grow every single year, uh, whether there were roses or there were other type of flora and fauna. And I would do close up, uh, close up and, and uh, micro shots of the inside. So you could actually see the pedestals inside. Um, they were shot outside my window. They were shot from my back porch. Um, I may walk two or three blocks further down. I would get in my vehicle, maybe drive a couple of miles. And uh, then there was a forest area. Others, other shots were in the alley. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm walking just, I go through the alley and you see these wildflowers growing. Mm-hmm. And I would take a photo of them. And then I'd pull back, put them up, pull them up on my editor and go like, my God, this is absolutely beautiful. Or I take a sunrise, a sunset. Those are always there. There's this consistent beauty if one can take a moment to slow down and look at the beauty and search for the beauty around them. You would find you find it, and it's there, and it's there all the time, twenty four seven. We're given a light show. You get up early enough in the morning, you see that beautiful hue as the sun is rising. So whether you're going over to the lake, watching the sun come up early, I'll get up early just before the sunrise or as the sun is rising, you get that beautiful brown hue as the sun is coming up over the lake. You get that beautiful blue, what we call the blue hour as the sun is setting. And you get the different cloud formations depending on whether or not there's been rain, it's going to rain or um, there's different moisture powerfuls in the air. So you get this beautiful light show. Besides the fact, you get stars. So there's this, this beauty around, it's almost Zen. So if one is searching for the, the Zen, it's there. And is it true that this project helped you like find that peace, hope, and calmness during this time? Yeah. In fact, it's helped me throughout my entire life. Uh, growing up in a housing project isn't exactly one of the um, most aesthetic places. But I learned very early that, um, as I said, I had picked up a camera very early. Um, my search was always, where is beauty? And all of this, and in which Henry Hornet could be cha- kind of chaotic from time to time. But the, still the question is, is there beauty? Where is the solace? And I found a solace behind my camera when I went out searching for what is beauty. So whether I went to Union Park or whether I went to Garfield Park, there's this beauty that's there. And along the way, I would find things to take a photo of. And that always helped in terms of mental health, but always helped in terms of finding my place that despite whatever was going on, I could always find my center space. I can imagine a lot of us have picked up a hobby during this um, difficult time. And I can highly imagine that um, individuals have picked up photography as a sense of healing or a sense of reflection for newer people who are interested in, in this activity of just like taking uh, pictures of their surroundingness to find that inner joy or um, hope, as you previously mentioned, do you have like any advice on how they can get started? You can use your iPhone. I mean, the, the iPhones today are so, uh, are so spectacular. You know, you, a person literally has the ability with their iPhone at this point to not only um, 
take multitude of photos, including close-ups, create film, do a documentary. So your your phone, you know, if you if you if you if, if, if you're a first-time photographer, your phone has a tremendous capacities. If you want to buy a camera, you can go online. There's a lot of cameras to get that are not ex very expensive. You can get used cameras. Of course, you always check to make sure, you know, who's selling the, selling the camera. But if you want to buy a newer camera, you can get cameras now for $200. You, get a, you can get an icon. You can get uh, any number of cameras, uh, kit lens. And uh, it doesn't take much to look at a couple of Zoom films. And before you know it, you're off and, you're off and running. Absolutely. And you can uh, get free software. So oh, you don't have to buy software anymore to, to, mm -hmm. to edit. Absolutely. We live in a digital age where it's much more accessible. Much more accessible. Yes. And, and it really, everybody's a photographer if, they, if that's where they want to go. And what, what you do with it and where you go, that's democracy. And for me, it's very democratic. No one defines when... I decide to depress the shutter and no one defines what photo I want to take. I make that decision myself. Neither government, nor ideology, nor philosophy decides when I decide what I want to take a photo of. I made that decision and that decision is solely left up to me. Absolutely. And it's powerful as well. And then, it's a, uh, yeah, okay. extremely powerful. And, and these times, one taking photos during these times, 25 years from today, when hopefully this no longer exists, you've got a catalog of history. Absolutely. And uh, for my final question for you, it's just like if um, people are interested in your work, where can they find you? Um, I'm at www.envisioningarts.com. That's my website. Um, and on it, it's, it's simply for this particular, I'm working on another website that will have my complete art, but that particular website is simply for COVID, for individuals who want to find solace. And it's just the, the, the floor, the fauna, which I've taken photos of, they can go there and have a brief moment where they can just find a place of rest. Well, then I enjoyed this conversation. Um, I found... Um, your exhibit to be much more reflective and much more um, empowering. And I hope uh, patrons who are listening or listeners who are listening, come up to the Niles Main District Library on the third floor and check it out. I hope to do as well. Well, Dr. Uh, Ramirez Knight, thank you so much for joining the podcast. Thank you very much for having me. I do appreciate it. Take care. Once again, I would like to thank Dr. Ramirez Knight for joining me on the podcast. If you would like to check out his exhibit, Finding Solace During a Time of Crisis, you can visit the third floor at the library, and the exhibit runs through the end of January. If you would like to check out Dr. Ramirez's Knight's work virtually, his website will be available in the podcast notes. And then lastly, on behalf of everyone here at the Niles Main District Library, we would like to wish you all a happy new year, and we look forward to seeing you soon.